Hey everybody, this is Hanifa Walida. This is Red Summer. You know who we is. We're your gay aunties. That's right. <laughs> What's up, y'all? We are so happy to be coming to you once again. God bless. Yes, yes. So um, we're excited. We're so yes, excited. We <laughs> because we finally have our first letter, our first, um, I guess, listener letter. No, that's what the read calls their, their, their viewers, actually, listener letters. So we may should call them something else. Um, uh, letters from the children. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> The nieces. We know, you know, letters from the, from the nieces and the nephews, you know, but then we got the gray area, so we can't do that. Um, we'll figure out what to call y'all, but we're just happy to uh, start start to get the ball rolling because that, that was our initial intent to um, hopefully support a lot of y'all in trying to figure this thing called life out. And just be a resource to whatever is happening with you, you know, have somebody you can talk to and, and talk with and hear from. Exactly. Exactly. So with that being said, um, she requests that uh, we do not use her name. So we'll just call her. Um, give me a woman's name real quick. Jenny from the block. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Jenny from the block. She says it reads as the following. OK. Hey, I need some auntie advice. Mm. I'm a younger generation auntie myself. 30 years old. All right. Straight. Smack dab millennial. All right. But it's a role I struggled with. My sister had her first child and moved back home when I was 14. She was 22. She moved right back into my room where I listened to my niece scream and cry every night for two years. <laughs> I had no interest. She puts that in all caps, no interest in babysitting. My sister often abused that privilege anyway, asking for um, a one hour favor and showing up at the end of the night or going out partying all night. Later, she began to make passive aggressive comments to my to her daughter about me not being an auntie that cares. I hated that, but I never wanted to call out her neglect. I was young and had high school on my mind. She also had two other children with a really sketchy dude and was financially in a rut for years. If it was me, and obviously she's not me, I wouldn't have had children in the precarious way she did, but it's her life and it's her path to walk. I, on the other hand, enjoy eating out, smoking my herb, watching my shows, going to shows and talking and hanging out with my grown folk friends. I'm a queer female with what I'm sorry. I'm a queer female with what my family would consider radical thoughts and quotes yeah. um, about gender and sexuality. I feel like I'm from a whole other planet sometimes when I come to value, when it comes to values and where we are mentally. My challenge is I feel like the auntie role I'm supposed to fill is the one that that's super present, um, braiding your daughter's hair, coming to recitals and being super hands on. I like kids. <laughs> but for real, but for real, for real, I love my mostly childless life, which is precisely why I don't have any. I get torn between feeling like this is my family and I want to be here, be there for them. And I can and, and um and another quote, um, I ain't asked for one. I ain't asked for none of this. Fuck this role. Um, I'm out here trying to create a life on my own terms. That's what she's caught between. What advice can you give me? I'm trying to make sense of my role in my family. Can I just be the aunt that they discover is cool when they're 16? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yes, I love your show. It's giving me life. 
um, everyone needs a gay auntie in their life. All right. So Jenny from the block. <laughs> yeah, that's that's um, trying to. Well, I have a lot of thoughts on that um, because um, in, in some ways I'm aligned with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but without the, you know, the drama. Um, so I'll, I'll say this and we can just bounce off each other and see what you feel as well. Um, okay. Look, you know, we cannot choose our families. So that's a given, you know, and I think right from the jump, um, you know, you're really clear that, you know, your older sister is walking her own path. Um, and you're cool with that because that's her own path. That's not your path, but, I think where these paths um, intersect is where you're having issues with because I think you're feeling a little bit of pressure to be some ideal, you know, auntie or some some figment of someone's imagination or what we kind of consider aunties, you know, the loving, caring auntie that's always there. Oh, I'll be there for you, girl, when you can't talk to your mama type of auntie, you know, like that kind of auntie, you know, the one that's always down to babysitter because they just love you so much and da 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 And it's okay to feel that way in a sense. It's okay to, in other words, it's, it's, it's quite okay to love your nieces or nephews in a way that you feel. Because just like you cannot choose your family, they cannot choose you either. <laughs> so you get what you get. <laughs> no, no, see what you get, what you get. And you'd be surprised how family can mold around that as long as you, st- you state your, pl- your place in the family as this, that, and the third. You know, yeah, maybe your sister may kind of do some sly things because maybe she wants you to be more for whatever her reasons are. Um, But at the end of the day, all that really matters in that relationship is the young person. You know what I mean? It's like you and your sister can work that out as you get older. Maybe as you get older, you know, you you grow up in whatever direction. You can grow closer, apart, whatever. That's that's your lives. But as far as the relationship you have with um, the babies, you know, that's something you can really define. And really, babies take what the hell they get. I mean, <laughs> and they roll with it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I'll I'll be full disclosure. It's like, you know, I'm an auntie. I have, um, I became an auntie fairly young at, at 13, actually. Um, oh, actually, even younger than that, because my eldest nephew, I think I was like, shit, I think I was like 10, actually. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been, I'm the auntie that... Um, <laughs> And, and okay, I'm the auntie <laughs> that people see when the hell they see me. Whenever I roll my ass through town um, or decide to call. And I used to have serious guilt around that. Like, why can't I be more on point? Why can't at this at this point, my nieces and nephews are in they're like your age, like young 30s. And, and my niece has um, um, a nephew. I mean, excuse me, a, um, a son and a daughter. So I have grand nieces and nephews at this point, and I've always kept beating myself up. Like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna engage now. I'm gonna engage this year. Okay, okay, okay. She's 14 now. I'm gonna, she gonna need me now in high school. I'm gonna, I'm gonna engage this year. Oh, I'm gonna be that auntie. In this last year of high school, <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. And then I just slowly realized that. I'm maternal in a certain way. I'm maternal enough to be a teacher. I'm maternal enough to be a mentor, but I don't have the maternal bug to be on point like that. You know, like I'll of course have my family's back if they really, really need me, mm-hmm. but I, I'm just not that auntie. And I think, and this is what I want, what I want to really want to stress to you is I think they understand that too. My niece and my nephews, <laughs> they understand they too, you know, and they have shown 
most amazing love for me. They still love me in context of what I have given them. They they hold on to the things that have been solid with me, you know, throughout their lives. And they love me to death. They don't have nothing against me, you know. I think they had now that they're all adults, I think they have clear understanding of maybe said or unsaid boundaries of what they can depend on me or not for, <laughs> you know, but one thing they know they can depend on me is that I always would be an ear. I always would tell them the truth. I'll always be straight, no chase. I always will love them with all that I am able to be, you know, for them. And that is how our family has, has molded. So really, you know, it's really about you being comfortable with the relationship that you want to form with the kids, you know, or even with your sister for that matter, you know, and, and then take it from there and don't worry about trying to fit some perfect mold. Cause if you try that and that's really not your mold, <laughs> it's not who you are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Kids will pick up on that too. So give them what you can. Maybe as you get older, you can give them more. But again, there's no, there's no standard really for being a family member, period. Right. And I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there for now. Yeah. So, okay. I was the young mother with the, the little children. Um, I did not go to my biological family and like expect them to do like all the things that needed to be done. I, um, what do you call it? Like I imported people who like to do kids stuff. Like I made friends with parents who had kids who like to do kid things. Like my best friend, she really prided herself on being what we call like the mommy, mommy. So like she would take the kids to do like, like kid appropriate things. Cause she liked to do that stuff. I didn't like to do that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I would go to like their school plays, which were long as ever and very poorly produced. (laughs) 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 Don't tell the kids that as as far as they know, I think all their shows are wonderful. Like they're stars. Right. (laughs) But, um, I didn't ask my sister to be at all of those things because she doesn't have children. And like <laughs> she didn't um she didn't participate in making them and therefore become responsible for them. So I might let her know, "Hey, the kids are having a play next week." But I wasn't like upset with her if she didn't come because that's not her thing. That's not what she does. I think having the conversation with your sister about what is um, what you're willing to do. Like my mom didn't babysit a whole lot, but she decided at one point after retirement that she was going to go and work at the movie theater. The so kids okay. got to see all the kid movies with my mom because <laughs> she worked at the theater. Like that was something that she liked and she was willing to do. So instead of expecting my mom to like um, keep the kids so I can go to the club, like um, I just knew that when there was a kid movie coming out that I could plan around that time because she was definitely going to take them to go see whatever movie it was. So accepting that people are who they are and they are going to serve whatever, um, whatever this path is or service or whatever uh, for your children, that is a plus 
Nobody is responsible to your children but you. Mm. <laughs> Word. And so everything that other people are willing to do is a bonus. It's the, it's the icing. Like it's the added. Nobody else is responsible, even family. Right. That's and real. So I think being willing to have that conversation like, hey, this is what I like to do that's kid friendly. When these kind of things happen, like this speaks to the kid in me, I'm down to do that. Like I really don't like not being able to go to Chuck E. Cheese anymore without people looking at me weird. So if I ever get a Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> you know, itch, I'm down to come get the kids so that we can go to Chuck E. Cheese, right? It has to be beneficial. It can't be in a place where like you feel oppressed and burdened and your relationship with your family becomes strained because then it's, it's like, you know, as Hanifa was saying, it's not real. It's fake, it's forced, and everybody's going to know it. You're going to know it. The kids are going to know it. It's it's just not going to be even worth it in the end because you end up hurting them more doing things that you don't want to do than you do like doing the things that you authentically like. So I think um, the good balance between that is just, you know, thinking about for yourself where your boundaries are, what the things are that you would enjoy doing, um, what events you would like attending and like, just be clear and be consistent. When you start giving in and you start going to some of the talent shows at the elementary school, but not all of them, mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> then you kind of, you know, leave this gray area. But set your boundaries and be consistent. And I think like people can't do anything but respect that. Yeah, definitely. And and the stuff that you do go to go in hard. Like when yeah. I happen to show up. You know, at my at my grandniece's, uh, you know, recitals or because she's she loves acting. She likes being on stage, which is right up my alley. You know, but even with that, I still am not on point as I not at, in her life as I should be, because, you know, that's my shit. I'm the aunt. That's the artist. You know what I mean? <laughs> but when I do go, I show out, honey. You know what I mean? Like I go in. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm very present and I'm not somewhere else. I'm there, you know? Um, so I think what, what, what Summer said, um, what Rez said is so on point, be really clear in setting those boundaries and, and coming with love to your sister. Like, you know, how she receives it again, that's on her, but let her know. It's like, I love, you know, your daughter, I love my niece, you know? Um, but you know, I'm really trying to live, live my life a certain way. So I can't have my relationship with her defined by how you want. But I want to tell you what I want to do and what I can do. You can always depend on me for this, you know, and then we'll see how things go as, you know, life goes on. Yeah, I think that's just solid, you know, um, advice. And and just, and you know, and enjoy your life, you know. I mean, <laughs> enjoy your life. Them babies, trees, babies. <laughs> They need so little. I mean, <laughs> I mean, as far as I mean, as far as the, the the love, you know, how they learn to define love from not just their mother but their aunties, uncles, and everything. You know, again, it's just about consistency. And if that consistency is okay, I see you once a year, then that's what. They <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But kids are really easy. They do not hold grudges, especially for aunties, because you know you're not their mother. If their mother's not around, yeah, they may have issue with that. 
(laughs) As an auntie, everything that you show up to do is gold. Like they are absolutely impressed with everything you do. Me, auntie, we dancers. Some old Motown music. It was great. Have you ever heard of this song, Mama? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got an abundance of energy for you. Mm-hmm. You know, one 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 little last thing, and, and I don't know if this pertains to you or not. It's just a lesson that I learned because when I was younger, um, you know, um, I I didn't spend as much time as I wanted with my nieces and nephews. You know, um, I sometimes I try to catch up a little too quick and I like might've gotten, you know, me being me kind of like a straight, no chaser. I've had, I had like a straight, no chaser with uh, one of my, uh, uh, my youngest nephew when he was like a preteen. Um, I won't go into detail for this family business, but you know, but then, you know, his mother quickly said, listen, he, I think he's a little too young for that discussion to happen. He has to get a little older. And so I kind of stepped over my boundary. So being aware and respecting or at least understanding, you know, your sister's boundaries with the child around anything that might be sensitive, things that you may take for granted, yeah. you know, but maybe it's sensitive for her. And that may be because you said that your family sees you as like the radical thinker and everything. So be mindful that even though you have quote unquote radical thoughts, which probably for us queer folk is not that damn radical, but <laughs> it's radical to them. And you have to respect that around the kids, regardless of how you feel you want to educate the family or whatever. That really is not your place when it comes to the kids. That's what you that's what you wait for when they get older and you can talk to them straight no chaser. So just be mindful of that, you know, as you forge your, you know, forward with your relationship with the um with the babies. That's really really good and I think too that um those people who do have those relationships with my children is so helpful now because I can just be like um call your niece like I I'm done. Like <laughs> I can't say nothing else to them. And those are the people who can come with the straight no chaser and come and, you know, make sure that they have support in a way that parents can't always access their children. And Mm. so when you, you know, are not coming in as the disciplinarian and not coming in as the, you know, like you develop this relationship where they can talk to you and they can feel comfortable and you are, you know, the radical thinker. So you're not going to be always with the status quo and just like, well, you should do what your mama said. You know? (laughs) 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 That sometimes you can really guide them um, in ways that parents can't. And so that's what that relationship lends to. And I think also is why, like, we do what we do now, because just like, you know, you were able to ask us, like, they should be able to come and ask you these things, these tough things that they're going through life-wise later. Yes. And that was a nice 20-minute answer to your question. Say word. So um, thank you, Jenny, for the block, for being our official first person um, to, to request advice from your gay aunties. And we want to encourage you all that if there are questions or advice that you need about life, love, um, you name it, just trying to navigate this world um, as a queer person or just a person, period, and you want to get our particular take on things, you can always holler at us at your gay aunties at gmail. Dot com or you, you can actually holler at us also at um, Instagram if you want to be really public with it. Mm. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you're gay aunties. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, it's so cool. All right. <laughs>
All right. So I, I did want, as far as our topic for the day, I might even holler at you about this, but I really wanted to talk about this because I'm in the middle of going through it, though I've gone through it many times in my life. And I realize there are younger people who are doing this in their life and maybe I can give them some perspective. Right. Or we actually, we can, because I know we've both been here. Right. Um, and it's about, it's about moving to a new city. Ooh, good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, good topic, right? Yeah. <laughs> so as you might have heard in a previous episode, I um just moved to Atlanta. Um and uh yeah, yeah, hey. Um I'm so excited and and thus far the experience has been wonderful. Um, but it's been wonderful because I've done it before. And so I was able to um, avoid a lot of pitfalls. I was able to sit, to see red flags way ahead of time and pivot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and even in my approach to getting to know new people and trying to put myself out there, it's a little bit more seasoned. So I know that I am, am not going through things to say someone who's younger or you're moving to the first city you know, or you're moving away from home, whether, and this doesn't count for college, y'all. I mean, college to an extent, but I'm talking about like living on your own, you know, outside of a structured environment. You're out there, you got to make your way, you got to do it. You know, whether you move into the Big Apple or Atlanta or Chicago, you know, like a real city where you got to navigate shit, (laughs) you know, um, that that can be really, really challenging if this is your first time or shit, even second time. Um, so I, I would just like to talk about that um, uh, a little bit. And one thing I'll just I'll, I'll uh, talk about um, um, right away is um, one of the, the. Okay, let me be careful with that. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, right now. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, I want to. You know. Um, okay. One thing I learned, I mean, and this is that, you know, depending on the kind of person you are, you're going to do your a good amount of research, you know, before you move to a place, you know. Um, don't go by just visiting a place and say, oh, my God, I had a great time. I got to move here. No, you was visiting. <laughs> okay. You need to learn as much about that city as possible, both economically, socially, the dynamics between, you know, neighborhoods, people, you know, all of that. Cause that's really important because you can quickly get your feelings hurt because you're going by a couple of visits you did and the people you was hanging around with. And then all of a sudden, you know, you come and those people don't want to hang, not so much that people don't want to hang out with you, but they have their own lives. So they're not like hanging and showing you around. They got to do their own lives and here you are alone, right? <laughs> In a city you don't know. So as much research as possible before going to a city is important. And when I say research, research along the lines, that the stuff that you actually want to do and and engage with the stuff that's going to, you know, whether it's, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, find out where all the networking stuff is, you know, if you're, you know, I don't know, a fashion designer, find out, you know, what regular events happen. If, if your thing is even like house music or hip hop or whatever, try and find the clubs you know, or social scenes that's going to appeal to the things that really matter to you socially, economically, business, or anything, you know, and and then have that list ready. So by day one, you're only dependent on yourself. It's fun if your friends come around, if you have family, they're going to support you to a degree. At the end of the day, you're still on your own. So you have to start getting to know um, people on your own terms, new brand new people <laughs> on your own terms and creating your own circles. Cause it's the difference between creating your own circle of friends and trying to fall into a clique of friends that are already established. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different thing. And I know that 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, you want a little bit of both, but you want to have your own because it's, again, you can easily get your, your, your feelings hurt because you're coming to people who already have a, a long established relationship and you still have to, to be honest, be accepted to an extent, accepted to the degree that they accept each other. And that may feel weird. You might get, you know, certain, um, certain energies that you don't quite understand. You might think it's one thing, but it's really another. And it's like, why, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, they didn't invite me to that thing, but they did. Yeah. Because you know, you ain't, you know, you ain't been in the pool for the past 15 years, you know, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing. So it's really a nuanced thing, but it's so important to have the express intent that when I'm going to this new city, I'm going to hit the ground running, finding people who have like interests, brand new spanking people. Yeah. To have like okay. interests, you know what I'm saying? Because enough for nothing, you know, because your personality still has to be tested. So even when you find new people, yeah. you may or may not keep them as friends, but it's okay. They knew if they come and they go, oh, well, <laughs> ain't nothing, ain't no sweat off your back or theirs. You're not, it's yeah. not going to be like, you're going to be heartbroken. You know what I mean? Um, so real quick though, is yeah, that sure enough. we don't have the lesbian like club scene anymore like there used to be like when we were younger lesbians right Mm. (laughs) so there's not a lot of the established shared spaces that you can go to to just meet the people like people are totally like clubs are closing not reopening like maybe there'll be a night at a place (laughs) maybe so like where you go to to meet people has become a lot more nuanced as well. Um, mm. And so those circles, those social circles become a lot more important because like once you're in, then, OK, you're in. But getting in is going to be the tricky part. I've learned that. In several cities, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And 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 to and to bounce off what you just said, um, because of that, and even in spite of that, um, all your friends don't got to be queer. You know, learn to to um, in, uh, uh, to make friends who are straight. You know, or just unlike yourself in a particular way, because sometimes even in the in the lesbian community, it can be really, or the queer, quote unquote, queer community, it can really have a. Um, we have a certain brand of socializing with each other, which mm-hmm. some people can roll with, and some some people can't. You know what I mean? So though you know you can find your people within that group too. Um, you also want to step out of it, you know, because not everyone, not every queer person is going to the clubs or going to quote unquote queer spaces. You know, they mm-hmm. just live in their lives. You know what I'm saying? And I have, I think I have just as many. Okay, not just as many, but a good healthy amount of uh, straight friends in my life that I consider friends. <laughs> okay. Um, um, as as I do queer friends, you know, and I think it's that balance is so important to not just say, I'm just, I just want to feel, go where I think it's safe. And I'm just want to just be around queer people, you know, especially, you know, in 2018, where it's not so close, where it's, it's not as dangerous as it was, where you need to be around queer people in order to fully express and be yourself. There are plenty of straight folks that get it, got it, they done, what's up? Mm-hmm. We're going to be friends or what? <laughs> what? You know, what do we have in common beyond our, our gender or sexual, our gender expression or sexuality? You know, are you a househead? Or, you know, you like this? Or you like to make music? Or you like to do that? Or you went to theater too? Let's roll and build upon that. So just, 
you know, don't just identify as one thing, roll into the city, write, write your list down of all who you consider yourself to be and all the things that you want to move towards and move towards those things through, through different kinds of people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now here's another little subject with moving. Okay. <laughs> and this is, this is somewhat different for younger folks as it is maybe someone uh, who's a little bit older. And I'm saying a little bit older as even in your thirties. Right. And it's about what your living situation is going to be. Okay. Uh, moving into a city because there's a, a level of vulnerability because, you know, I mean, if you're lucky enough to have the means to get your own place, great. If you're lucky enough to um, have sound family to move into, even though sometimes moving with families a little like, oh my God, but but if they're sound enough, you know, enough to get on your feet and do your own thing, great. But what most people do is they get roommates because mm-hmm. it's a easy it's easy to like, okay, you know, I pay one price, it's you know, until I get established or whatever. But of course, and if you have an experience living with roommates, that can also be challenging because yeah. you was raised a certain way and they was raised a certain way. <laughs> You have a certain way of communicating and they have a certain way of communicating, you know, and sometimes that is a serious clash and it can be really anxiety inducing when your roof can be compromised because there's serious tension within the house because of whatever that conflict is. So what I suggest, if you're able to, um, to uh, get your own in the beginning, then again, that's that's the best bet. But have emergency money. Mm. At least stack some kind of coin. I don't care where you work, where you working at Wendy's or you got a little, are you temping or you got a little secretary, whatever you doing for work, don't rush to break out and move. If you can stack a little coins just to be a little emergency thing that, okay, as soon as I start seeing red flags and we're going to talk about red flags, I'm mm-hmm. going to pivot. I'm going to put my, get myself out of this situation as early as possible. Yeah. Don't wait to say, oh, maybe you might work this out. Nah, you ain't going to work it out. Trust me. (laughs) Because you're not going to work it out. You're not going to work it out. Because especially if you're young, you're not not old enough to work it out. Sometimes grown folks can't work it out. You know what I mean? So when you when when know what, what your boundaries are, and as soon as someone crosses it, or some or you feel like the, the the tension in the home is something that you really can't live with, and live with meaning that you feel like you're tiptoeing, or you feel like you're walking on eggshells, or you feel like you can't fully express yourself in the in the house, or you're kind of hiding in your room a little bit, you're trying to avoid people. Get the fuck out of there. Even if it's in even if it's in, even if it's in another roommate situation. Get out of the, that current situation as soon as possible because that will impact everything in your life when your home is jacked up. Yeah. Trust me, you'll start making decisions differently that's not best for yourself. You'll, you'll start walking around even outside of your house with anxiety and all of that. So don't don't put any faith in nobody that is, is that is 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 brushing up against your your baseline code of ethics or you know how you how what makes you feel comfortable in your home just bounce the fuck out of there as, as soon as you're able word yeah word <laughs> word and <laughs> to any to anyone over say 35 or over y'all know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. okay um yeah, that's I'm, that, honestly that's one of my my best advice. Because <laughs> roommate situations are really it feels good that first month, boy, or even sometimes the first week, and then you start seeing signs. You don't listen to the signs because you're like, "Well, I need a roof. I need a roof. I need a roof." There's always a roof. There's always a roof. 
somewhere out there. Always, <laughs> always, always. And just, you know, put in your prayers and be really clear, make your vision board, whatever. Make your vision board, put in your prayers. But what you got to do is meet that halfway. Get your ass on Craigslist, get your ass on whatever it is. No, seriously, seriously. The people like to just say, oh, pray over it. No, no, you got to pray and you got to do some work. Yeah. And when you meet that energy <laughs> together, then things start popping off. And all of a sudden people are like, oh, girl, I heard of this place. Or, you know, mm-hmm. people just answer you back with email, blah, 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 blah. So that's my thing with roommates thing but you know if you have a good living situation all the better to you but more likely than not the first situation you roll into into a new city most likely it won't work out (laughs) (laughs) most likely it won't it won't but that's okay it's not you but all you're responsible for is 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 yourself you know what i'm saying is is yourself you know what i mean boom i say i love that thank you (laughs) don't have any um necessarily roommate situations happening but even just reflecting about like oh god yeah I did that wrong (laughs) I wish somebody would have told me that (laughs) I know oh my god I could have saved myself so many headaches I mean I've been in horrible horrible situations when I was younger like just like to fit like physical confrontations to coming home and seeing my shit on the street. Like people overreact because they're young and just totally overreacting to things. Mm-hmm. Or some people, or some people don't, don't lean towards solutions. That's what I mean by being raised. I'm not so much talking about cleanliness, though that can be an issue. I'm talking about some people are not raised to be solution oriented. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so they like conflict. They don't want to ease the conflict. And so as soon as there is a little bit of conflict, it starts being exacerbated. And then because you either the last one into this situation or you don't, or you're not on the lease, you're the one, it impacts you the most because most mm-hmm. likely you're the one that gets your ass kicked out. Right. And you want to, you want to move with ease, not move in a huff. <laughs> 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 you know? You know? Trust, trust. So, like, I had a different situation where, like, I had a, like, I thought we were really good roommates, but then I recognized that whenever there was any, an event or occasion where I was being celebrated, mm-hmm. we fell out, right? <laughs> so, like, when I graduated from graduate school, like, the first time, um, we had a huge falling out, like, right before, like during maybe my graduation party. Mm. It was over like some nonsense. I didn't get it, whatever. We continue this roommate relationship on, on my birthday, like one of my big birthdays. It might've been like, I don't know. I, I don't know, whatever, 35, something like that. Um, She decides she that the water bill is too high she can't take it and she's going to move out on my birthday during my party drama <laughs> straight drama during the party though like <laughs> you can't even stay and enjoy the party like you really got to do all of this right now <laughs> like i'm not even mad like i'm like word like yeah the water in atlanta is real high like it's like city water in atlanta is is oppressive yo for mm. um i don't set the water prices i don't know why you mad at me but today my nigga like, <laughs> <laughs> like right now and then i noticed that like that was the pattern like anytime 
it wasn't like the spotlight wasn't on her. She showed out. Mm. And I'm a person where the spotlight is going to be on me, like, pretty often. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to suffer. Like, <laughs> it's going to be hard for you. <laughs> and, yeah, I think being being aware of patterns, like, being willing to, to pay attention to that kind of stuff uh, before... Like, or as you're younger, instead of like waiting until you're like an older, wiser auntie, like will really help you out because I did those things. Like I was like, oh, I excuse everything. I like kind of knew her for years. So I would make these like, um, I would apologize for her. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's just how she is or she's just blah, blah, blah. And not really hold her accountable to what was healthy for me to experience. And so really like years later, I can look back on it and be like, yo, like I should have saw that. Like, <laughs> I really could have been more responsible to myself in that situation and not let that drag on as long. Um, and so that's that would be my thing. Like, especially as you're, you are if you are moving to a new city and you're, you know, living with people and developing those kind of intimate relationships with people, like even as friends, people always talk about intimate relationships just as like sexual, but like who you're living with is an intimate relationship. Intimate as hell. Right. And so paying attention to what those patterns are and how people are showing up in that shared space and in your life and affecting you personally, like that's a a good thing to start paying attention to now and not waiting. Yes. I I shade all of that. (laughs) (laughs) I shade all of that because a lot of times we move in with people who like be cool as hell with, and it's like, oh, it makes sense. Let's all be, you know, let's be roommates. But it's a different thing of them being your friends outside of a living situation as opposed to living with that person. Um, uh, You know, but some people can do it. Some people are really communally minded and, you know, they have communal households. um, And every time I've gone into one of those communal households, I'm like, oh, I can't live here. <laughs> <laughs> like, quote, unquote, I mean, I'm, I'm, being, I'm talking shit, y'all, but I'm going to talk shit because that's just me. The, um, quote, unquote, communal households, they be, I have never been in one yet. Or when I say been in one, not lived in one, but like, just as a visitor, <laughs> like, like, you know, we define ourselves as a communal household. We expressly want to live with other people. I've never been in one that f- for me, um, in the back of my head, I'm like, mm, I could never live here. Like, I don't know how you can do it. You know, it's like, it's not, it's not either not clean enough for me. And I don't even consider myself a neat freak, but I, there is a level of cleanliness that I expect, you know what I mean? And, and some people are just more comfortable, um, with not having that level of cleanliness, you know, and sometimes, you know, um, people, you know, would have uh, thought that I'm not the cleanest person. I'm like, well, damn, I thought I was a clean person, but you a little bit over the top, honey. <laughs> you know, can we live? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so. I'm still drinking that. You going to put the cup up right now with my drink still in it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I see a little bit. I see. I, I found a crumb on the counter. I'm like, bitch, don't wipe the crumb up. You know what I'm saying? Wipe the crumb up. I mean, you know, there's a difference between being messy and simple human oversight. You know what I mean? But 
you know what? I'm going, I'm, I'm going, I'm getting a little too close to home right now. So, um, <laughs> all that being said, um, as you venture off into the world, um, be fearless um, and be smart. You know, um, as you get to know yourself, you know, and you grow, part of getting to know yourself is knowing what you want your home life to be and moving towards that. Mm. You know, and having clear boundaries around that, because that is just as important as your mission to get whatever job or to forge, go forth in in whatever career path you're on. Making sure your home is tight is so important. Do not ever take that for granted. You have a little bit more of a tolerance when you're younger. You know, you can you can take some blows a little easier. You know, you can put up with stuff a little bit more when you're younger, but the earlier you start setting some boundaries, then I think the earlier the universe starts giving you the um, things according to those boundaries, according to how you want not just your careers to go, but your your career to go, but to your home life to go. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Say word. <laughs> All right. And on that note, um, we're excited about next week because um, we're going to have, uh, you know what, I'm almost scared to say, I feel like it's going to jinx it again, but <laughs> we're planning to have uh, Teak Milan on the show. Hopefully, uh, tech-wise, we'll be okay today and you know, uh, uh, but that's a date that we're we're trying to um, lock in for next week. So we let everyone cross their fingers that that happens because uh, we all love Teak and Teak always has amazing things to say. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so yeah, again, once again, if you um, all want some advice or have a specific specific question, just lay it out in detail, like Jenny Jenny from the blog did. <laughs> so we can, you know what I'm saying? So we can fully understand what's going on. Um, and we'll be more than happy to answer uh your questions or, or give advice your way. And that uh, you can send us an email at yagayaunties at gmail.com or holler at us at uh yagayaunties um on Instagram. And with that being said, we also want to not just support you with advice and answering your questions. We want to support all that you do. In particular, a lot of um, young queer artists that are really making some incredible um, work out there. So this week, we want to support an artist right here in Atlanta. Her name is Key Soul. That's K-E-I Soul. Um, and you can holler at her at um, the only Key Soul. Um, that's D-A only Key Soul on Instagram. But here, check this out. I want y'all to also go on Instagram. Go to Indie Jam Connect, I-N-D-I-E, Jam Connect, and vote for Key Soul um, and her music um, so she can get a little bit of money and exposure towards her career. I really like her joint called Monster. That's what I'm going to play right now. So take a listen now and go right to Instagram at Indie Jam Connect and vote for Key Soul. And here we go. Monster.
And I'm Hanifa Walida. Gay auntie. We're your gay auntie. Say word. We are your gay aunties. Much love, y'all.